Good Thursday afternoon, guys. Jerry Miller here on the I Love Seville Show. Thank you kindly for joining us. We are live from downtown Charlottesville in our building, the Macklin Building on Market Street. And today's show is Dynamite. Who was the TV character that made that catchphrase extremely popular and, and is undoubtedly a fixture in American, America culture, lexicon, whatever you want to call it? You know what it is? I think it's JJ from Good Times. Yeah. Dynamite. So uh, I'm going to look it up. JJ from Good Times. Remember the hat he used to wear? How would you characterize that hat? Kind of like the, uh, how would you characterize viewers and listeners the hat that JJ used to wear from Good Times? That guy was a ball of energy. An absolute ball of energy on Good Times. All right, lots to cover on the show. Um, John Blair sent us this topic. JB, let us know if you're watching with a like on LinkedIn or a comment or two. He showed, um, sent us a link for new apartments on Pantops. When John sends us something, just like when a lot of the viewers and listeners send us something, we stop, we read it, we consider it. Is this a great topic for the show? 90% of the stuff John suggests as a topic for the program, the next day is on the program, legitimately. A lot of viewers and listeners fall in that category. Deep Throat's another one. Albert Graves is another one that comes to mind. Dylan's Rule on Twitter is another one that's coming to mind. A lot of you, we count on you. We want the crowdsourced content. So here's John. He sends us a link for new apartments on Pantops. Judah's going to give us a map, a Google map, which we'll put on screen exactly where this new apartment complex is located. We will also showcase a couple of floor plans for these new apartments on Pantops. Here's a little hint. A one-bedroom, one-bathroom starts at $1,700 a month. I'll repeat that. A one-bedroom, one-bathroom on Pantops starts at $1,700 a month. We are not even talking, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, viewers and listeners of this fine and fair talk show, the downtown mall. We're not talking Midtown. We're not talking the UVA corner, where you can walk to a bustling nightlife, you know, a shopping and dining and restaurant and drinking and boozing and hooking up district. Map is on screen. Judah's got the map on screen. J-Dub's crushing it already. Judah Wickhauer, the director. Look at the screen now. This is where this apartment complex is located. How would you characterize it, Judah? Uh, I mean, it's not close to anything. It's a long walk. I mean, you could get to... You're basically behind Martha <laughs> Jeff, right? Yeah, you're behind... Uh, looks like you're behind Centara, Martha Jefferson. And, uh, I mean... It's a it's a long walk to say food anywhere food lion if you want to go up to uh, up to Pantops and get to Giant or Chick Fil I mean probably want to take your bike. Someone earlier, someone within a few months ago, died crossing Pantops. Yeesh. Literally struck by a car and, and, and died on Pantops. Here's why yeah, we're bringing like, this up. That's like you, a bad game of Frogger. That's the worst kind of Frogger. In fact, that's a great question if you want to go to a two-shot here. And then we'll weave the floor plans into the mix here. Worst, frog, worst places to play Frogger in Charlottesville. If you're trying to cross a road and you want to cross the most dangerous intersection in Charlottesville or Albemarle County, where would that be? I would say that's somewhere on twenty-nine. That, that hydraulic 29 intersection, the Rio 29 intersection has been alleviated because of the bypass. That's really made that intersection way better. The hydraulic 29, if you're trying to play Frogger by Stonefield, by Kmart, by that Whole Foods area, yeah. 
You're looking at it. I'd say that's the most dangerous intersection in town. And I'd say people are probably probably getting their dander up just knowing that the, uh, knowing that the chicken corridor is coming up. Oh, the cock block. That's the cock block. Yeah. Fried Chicken Alley. It's called the cock block. Let's just call it the cock block, Charlottesville. It's got a, a much better ring to it, and the sexual connotation gives it a little edge. The cock block. That's what oh, Fried yeah. Chicken Alley is. It's five or six within, what, half a mile of each other? Anyway, we regress. Let's get back to Pantops. Comments, put them in the feed. We'll relay them live on air. We also have a trivia question that Judah will put on screen for you. Where is the tallest climbing wall in the city of Charlottesville? Put your comments in the feed, and I will pick a winner. Curtis Shaver suggested this trivia question to us, one of our favorite viewers and listeners. Where is the tallest climbing wall in the city of Charlottesville? Tweet your answer. Put it on LinkedIn, Facebook, anywhere you're watching. We'll aggregate the comments and see if someone can figure this out. This is a really difficult question. This is a really difficult question. Yeah. I did not know the answer to this. And it's rare that I don't know something when it comes to trivia in this town. Actually, I take that back. That was very uh, presumptuous. I, I take that back. That was very egotistical. I, I'm going to retract that statement. But let's get to Pantops. Here's why I'm bringing up the Pantops question. The Pantops apartment complex. Because when new apartments come on the market in the Charlottesville metro area, these new apartments are coming at peak price point. And they're legitimately driving the market upward in, in rental values or rental asking price. You got brand new apartments in Pantops where there's really in this particular location no walkability here. You have no walkability to bars or to restaurants or to music venues or to spots to hook up. Okay? You got no walkability. And they're asking $1,700 a month for a one bedroom, one bath. Can you put the floor plate on screen? Thank you kindly, my friend. Thank you, Judah Wickhauer. We're going to put the floor plate on screen for the one bedroom, one bath at $1,700 a month. Give me a thumbs up when that's up there if you could. The three bedroom, three bath is $2,900 a month. All right, we have the one bedroom, one bath floor plate on screen. Look at the screen now. Look now at the screen. We'll show the three bedroom, three bath floor plan at $2,900 a month in a matter of moments here as well. These are new. They're driving the market upward. They're they're diminishing affordability. They are dramatically moving the needle when it comes to rents. And here's the cause and effect of new apartments in the Charlottesville metro area. Judah's got some perspective he's going to share as well. Here's Here's the three. The three bedroom, three bath is on screen. The floor plan. And you don't have to get, we don't have to put them on too deep. We can go back to a two-shot in a conversational setting on this. This price point sets the market. And it drives the asking prices for rents for the other big-time complexes northward. And word gets out about these price points. A one-bedroom, one-bathroom at $1,700 a month, and that's, at, that's starting. So some of them that are I mean, positioned in better locations in the complex are going to be even more expensive. Isn't this basically what, uh, isn't this basically what you guys mean when, you, when you're talking about comps? This, this will be a new comp. Yeah. And I want you to make the point that you were talking in our, in our production meeting, and viewers and listeners, we're going to get to the comments on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn here. Make the comments you were making in our, our pre-production, our pre-show meeting. All right, so... Because uh, they're good. 
So we talk a lot about uh, about you know the market setting the price, and we talk about uh, you know free markets and and the fact that you know okay, well if uh, if nobody's willing to pay a certain price, then the price goes down until you until you meet the the price that people everybody can agree on. But you've got uh, you've got stuff like this, and you've got some of uh, I'm I'm sure some of you have read articles or seen articles about uh, about these new big uh, like big software, uh, a company that creates software for uh, for for renters, uh, usually for software usually, for commercial landlords, yeah, large ones with large big positions. The folks landlords. that have this kind of software or paying for this kind of software, this kind of licensing or subscription. These are large commercial landlords with large portfolios, vast portfolios. For the most part, yes. And so, what happens is the there is there's no human, there's no human interaction, no human thought. It's just a piece of software that says, okay, uh, it, I'm sure it looks at the surrounding market prices, and says, well, we can go higher. And the software is very good at setting the highest possible price. And the problem is with apartments like this, with insane prices like seventeen hundred dollars for a one bedroom, and with software is that it's basically setting setting the market. Everything else, everyone else is going to look at that and say, "Oh, well, look, that's a that's a one bedroom apartment going for seventeen hundred dollars. Uh, I can raise the price on my." you know, one bedroom or my two bedroom or whatever. And the next time, uh, the next time that software starts looking around at market prices, it sees, Oh, we can go higher. We're not the highest anymore. And I, I mean, yes, there is a certain amount of, of free market action here. Obviously if somebody can't afford, you know, all right, let me jump in $5,000 for a one bedroom. But a lot of people are either just gonna gonna eat it, or they're you know. They're this is the market. Someone this else. is the price. Let me yeah. jump in. I'm gonna go a, diff- a number of different ways here. Mm-hmm. Judah Wickhouse is exactly right. There's two kinds of landlords. Well, there's many different kinds of landlords. But for the sake of this talk show, let's say that there's the landlords in this community that have large positions, large portfolios. We're talking like the MSCs. We're talking like the Woodards, the Woodard Properties. We're talking like the, the Lee Enterprises um, company um, and, and, and their subsidiaries, just to name a few. Okay, These have massive positions around the city. They may be utilizing this software technology to set rents. Most likely, they're using some kind of algorithm or some kind of web-based software that they subscribe to. I doubt they purchase it outright. I'm sure it's maybe a monthly subscription of some kind that helps them set rents. And when new apartments come online at a $1,700 a month clip for a one-bedroom, one-bath, that's going to start impacting rental algorithms that help set markets. Judah's undoubtedly right. The second type of landlord is the small-time landlord, someone like me. Yeah. Someone like me starts figuring out how to set rents on the portfolio they own on word of mouth or on what's listed on a website. 
If you go to the villas at southernridge.com, I own a rental condo there, you'll see that Bart Fry, the the developer of the villas villas at Southern Ridge, he's from Virginia Beach of Fry Properties. He owns the lion's share of this condo complex. He's renting his positions. He's got on a website how much he's asking for the units he has. He's setting the market in a lot of ways for the villas. And everyone else that owns a rental property there is following what he is doing. The small-time guy uses word of mouth, the internet, or just word on the street to figure out how to set the prices. So there's no doubt in my mind what Judah is saying is exactly right. The small-time guy and the big commercial, the big residential landlord is going to see this number and it's going to have an influence. John Blair sent this to us and he put in the comment that he owns a home in Redfields. I used to live in Redfields. I used to live on Rockledge Drive in Redfields. Mm-hmm. Redfields is one of the best neighborhoods in the Charlottesville metro area. It's in Almoro County, yep. but it's in the Charlottesville metropolitan area, the urban ring. Your parents used to live in Redfields. Yep. Since 5th Street Winter Station Green. and Wegmans open, Redfields has gotten even better. Yeah. You got a taste of the American dream within 10 minutes of the city, of the mm-hmm. downtown mall. It's a beautiful neighborhood. Yeah. Okay? Definitely. And he's talking about his house that he's got with his beautiful wife and his, and, his, and his very intelligent son, athletic son, in Redfields, the mortgage on it is less than the asking price of a one-bedroom, one-bath. Yeah. Think about that. Mm-hmm. These apartments also, it's important to consider, this is the cost, and Deep Throat, I'm going to get to your comments, they're very good. I wanted to echo this as well. New construction in 2023, it's extremely expensive. And when new construction, we represent developers and remodelers with the advertising agency. Do we not? Yeah. And what have they told us? The cost of goods over the last handful of years and the cost of labor since COVID has gotten out of control, right? Oh, yeah. They can't even, they can't even set a – I think one thing I remember hearing is they can't even set a, like, an exact price. You've got to have – like, what do you call it? Uh, um, if you know, price if, elasticity. Yeah, if the price of lumber goes up between between when we're making this deal and when we're working on your house, we need the uh, we need the the. Freedom. The contracts all now have clauses based on volatility on cost of goods. So if cogs go up dramatically in price, like like lumber did in COVID. What happened, the developer, the home builder, when that initially happened, they got kicked in the nuts. Oh, yeah. And they ate the cost of the increased lumber. Now they all have clauses and caveats that say if this happens, the additional cost is going to be passed on to the customer. And the customer just then has to get kicked in the nuts. Okay? That is something that has, you know, a cause and effect since the pandemic. Okay? But what's happening is the... the, the Environment to build anything new has gotten so expensive that these are now the asking prices that justify the, that come with new construction costs. And that's why I continue to make this argument. I promise I'm going to get to your comments here in a matter of 30 seconds. Why I continue to make the argument. If you make the land in the area, let's just call Charlottesville City, more opportunistic from its zoning potential, that land is going to be more expensive because of that zoning opportunity. And as land becomes more expensive because of zoning opportunity, and as labor is more expensive, 
And as cost of goods is more expensive, you have a collision of the three most important elements of new construction development. Land acquisition, mm-hmm. labor, cost of goods. Your three most important elements of new development. Right? Land acquisition, labor, and cost of goods. All of them at the same time are experiencing tremendous volatility northward, increasing in costs, all of them across the board. Yeah. What's crazy to me is the fact that all of that, like it, it's understandable if, if, you're, uh, <coughs> if you're a builder, <clears throat> the, you're going to raise the price because the price is higher for you to, to build that property. But what happens when that price starts affecting properties that that didn't cost that much to build, or you know, properties that have been around for decades and now are going for high dollar prices just because uh, just because the cost of building is going up, the cost of apartments like these is going up, and all of a sudden everything else is going up, even if it's unwarranted. How many times have I said on this show? No one's going to be the invisible hand of capitalism. How many times have I said on this show, you know who beats LeBron James and Michael Jordan? It's not Kobe Bryant. It's not Patrick Ewing. It's not Hakeem Olajuwon. It's not Shaquille O'Neal. It's not Ja Morant. It's father time. It's age. Mm -hmm. That's who ends up beating the superstars. The guys that we see as walking on water and able to take a few loaves and a few fishes and feed the hundreds. No one's going to beat Invisible Hand. you got apartments in BFE, and I use BFE lightly, but you know what I mean. Literally the most expensive, literally some of the most expensive apartments in the Charlottesville area Mm -hmm. are now tucked behind or next to a hospital in Pantops with little to no light knife, little to no bar scene, little to no restaurant scene, little to no walkability. That may be a... Jim uh, Hensley makes the point. That may be a selling point for the people that end up there. No. No selling point. Think about it. Oh, let's there's no, there's no, there's going to be no traffic sounds. There's going to be. You're not going to. No not, traffic sounds. There's an interstate right there. There's ten. There's how many th- tens you, of thousands of cars are driving down 250? Yeah. I drive that every day from but Keswick. Not, but it won't be in your backyard. It's massive traffic. Massive traffic. Is it going to be near enough that it's even? Okay, a, here's the marketing campaign. This is the marketing campaign. Marketing campaign. Judah B. Wickara suggested. Hey, come spend $1,700 a month for a one-bedroom, one-bath. Not only is it the most expensive apartment in the Charlottesville area, but you're right next to the Divergent Diamond Interchange. You're right next to Interstate 64. You have absolutely zero walkability. You'll see the ambulances and the emergency room doctors trying to save people's lives. You're going to end up dying if you try to cross cross the street to Tip Top. Your closest bar is Applebee's. Yes, a chain restaurant. $1,700 a month. No traffic sound, potentially. That's not going to rent any apartments. Not when you put it that way. Put it that way. That's the real way. That's how it is. That's what it is. That's not how I put it that way. 
That's how it is. You would make a poor real estate salesperson. I would make a phenomenal real estate salesperson. <laughs> not a if you not if you use not using a sales pitch like that. Okay, so how would the sales pitch be? This is how the sales pitch should be. Okay, you want to hear how? You want me to close the deal on how the sales pitch should be? I'm showing people the map. Okay, it does look dangerously close to the interstate, but in reality, I think there is some distance between where the apartments are going to be and the interstate. And Obviously, it's not going to be on the road. Yeah. I, I, it, I think it's going to be far enough away that you're barely even going to hear anything. Um, David Butler watching the program. He says, I live at Avmore, two-bedroom, two-bath for 2100 a month, old apartments, no venues to walk to except Darden, which Route 20 is also dangerous to cross. He lives at Avmore. That's right at Pantops, close to Pantops as well. Um, the point of what we're doing here is that this is not in the nightlife hub. No. And they've become the most expensive apartments right there in Charlottesville area. So what happens to the apartments that are in the nightlife hub? They're going to go up. You're talking the other most expensive apartments in the Charlottesville area or the ones on West Main. In particular, the building where Blue Moon Diner is. Yeah. Do you know the Blue Moon Diner building? They did a beautiful renovation there. Those are the most expensive apartments. The, the Lark, the Standard, the Flats, that strip of apartments, <coughs> they will all go up because of this. Yeah. Because they are in walking distance. Yeah. And you know what else will go up? Rent at the villas at Southern Ridge at a particularly enterprising and entrepreneurial landlord who has a unit or two over there. This influences the market from the big player to the little guy. Yeah. And that's why John wanted us to talk about it today. Let's get to comments. This is from Deep Throat. I love when Deep Throat <laughs> offers perspective. Um, he, says, he says, for new construction, this is what you get. He says, what do you think it costs just to build, even, leading, even leaving land aside? He agrees that it's not a great location for young, uh, childless people. But it also tells you that multifamily does not equal affordable. That's a good comment. He says, the biggest way this drives market up is that it accommodates wealthier people moving in. They consume a lot of services. Where do the service providers live? Sometimes new supply of housing can actually drive lower market demand. And then he makes a comparison to 10th and Dairy, which runs $3 a foot. And they have trouble keeping at least the apartments at Dairy Market, $3 a square foot. He highlights that they're some of the most expensive in the area, and there's turnover there often. Hmm. Um, so one thing I don't think we've discussed, and you mentioned, uh, you, you brought up again that, uh, that John Blair sent this, and, and the, um, what he was pointing out was the price of his mortgage. Right as compared to the cost of renting one of these apartments. And that's the, that's the scary part for me because... And we're not speaking out of turn. He le legitimately left this comment on the show. I think one of the toughest things that a lot of... Well, I'm sure a lot of people do understand is the fact that uh, if, you're, if, if you're stuck renting in, uh, in Charlottesville... As the prices get higher and higher, it's going to get harder and harder for you to 
save money. And one of the most disturbing parts of the whole uh, rent versus buy uh, questions is that oftentimes people go to a bank and they get denied a loan for something that would end up being just, for example, a uh, say a mortgage of $1,000. But then they, their choices, if they, can't, if they can't buy a home and pay a mortgage, is to rent. And so you end up renting something for $1,800 when the bank says that you can't afford $1,000 which is very disturbing to me. And one of the ways that I think people get trapped and have a hard time getting out of that cycle of renting and not being able to save and not being able to, uh, you know, to get that home equity that, uh, that you accrue as you, as you pay off your mortgage. You're going to rent a one-bedroom, one-bath at this particular apartment complex? you need to put first month's rent, last month's rent, and security deposit up, we need to highlight that as $5,100. First month's rent, last month's rent, and security deposit. Yeah. One bedroom, one bath. It's $5,100. There was a time, there was a time right before COVID, early stages of COVID, where folks were using $5,100 as a down payment to buy a house. Yeah. Now $5,100 in 2023 is the down payment to rent an apartment. Yeah, it's insanity. Think about what I just said. And Jim Hingley's watching the program on Twitter. He did make a good point. He says, when the, um, when the Rivanna, when the bike pedestrian bridge across the Rivanna goes in near Woolen Mills, that's going to help with that location from a walkability. Hmm. That's a great point there, Jim. Yeah. We Here's appreciate the map. Here's you, the map uh, again. And you can see how close the, the Ravana is to that. Uh, um. So close. So close. And you know what? Now that I'm on that note, and I'll get to uh, Katie Pearl, I'll get to your comment here. Um, I live in the Keswick area. Will some entrepreneur or business owner put a sports bar in the Keswick area, please? There is no sports bar or place to watch the game in the Keswick area. And there is a boatload of money in a boatload of houses. Glenmore alone has roughly 845 houses. Put a sports bar there and watch your business boom. Call it the Keswick Pub if you want to. Hmm. Katie Pearl says this, she's the queen of Whitehall. This goes to your point, Jerry, on how this will play out with upzoning in the city of Charlottesville. No doubt it will drive the cost of equivalent apartments and housing drastically higher. 100%, Katie Pearl. She's a smart lady. If you're um, a developer that's going to build an apartment complex, I mean, heck, Christopher Bremen of Bramante Homes, friend of the program, built a small apartment complex on, on Shamrock in the JPA area. If the land becomes more flexible with its zoning and you can start putting apartments or density in a, a piece of dirt that was otherwise zoned R1 for one house, if that land becomes more flexible with its zoning and you could build more density, that land's going to be more expensive. 
And as it becomes more expensive at the same time that labor and cost of goods are at all-time highs, whoever purchases that property and builds something on it is going to have to rent it at top market price to justify the skin in the game and the investment and sweat equity and risk they have in the deal. That's why it's not going to create affordability. And I've been on that mountain waving the flag for years. Let's go to the next topic. And first, let's put the trivia question up. Um, the trivia question contributed by Curtis Shaver. Curtis Shaver. Curtis, you need a new nickname. I like the King of Green for your nickname, Curtis. I think it's a great nickname. But I think you're even more dynamic than the King of Green. What, what, we'll think about something for Curtis, for C. Shaver. I mean, he's a really dynamic guy. I mean, we're talking about executive chef. We're talking about a, uh, a bike mechanic. We're talking mm -hmm. about uh, one of the most chilled dudes. And have you seen that guy dance at a music festival? He's got moves. Whoa. Love you, Curtis. Um, the question, where's the tallest climbing wall in the city of Charlottesville? This might be the toughest trivia question we've ever asked. Yeah. Where's the tallest climbing wall in the city of Charlottesville? Put the answer in the comment section anywhere you are watching, and you'll win uh, some cool I Love Seville stickers that we'll mail directly to you. Um, city of Charlottesville and city council approved the ambassadors downtown. I saw that on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Rory Stolzenberg said he talked to a counselor, and the counselor he did not name said they reluctantly approved UVA paying for yellow-shirted ambassadors on the downtown mall. That's a fresh piece of news. We talked to ambassadors yesterday, but we did not have exact clarity of how that relationship worked. Maybe all UVA said was, we're going to pay these people, go walk downtown. And I'm very curious, can a, a university... Can a UVA, without city hall approval or city council approval, could the University of Virginia said, we're going to pay these yellow-shirted ambassadors just to walk up and down the downtown mall? I really don't see why not. Could I UVA, mean, Jim, could UVA yeah, do that? Yesterday, I, I questioned um, the authority, but... If they seem to have zero authority whatsoever. Yeah, if they don't they're carrying any, radios. If they don't have any authority, I mean, what's the problem? That's, like, that's my point. Why is Charlottesville Twitter outraged with yellow shirt and ambassadors on the downtown mall? Yeah, I can understand. If Why the outrage? Help me understand it. Because you, you, you have a quality that sometimes I lack of being more open-minded to things. Can you help me understand the outrage from Charlottesville Twitter? I mean, as near as I can tell from just the, what, two tweets um, the other day is just it seems to be a, um, I guess, a, a rebel, rebelling against. I mean, here's what I think it is. Okay, authority. Here's I what think, I think it is. I think they think UVA is overstepping and is taking more uh, more authority than they than they are allowed. I think there's there. I think Charlottesville Twitter is calling this a police state. Police getting too much autonomy, overstepping their bounds. UVA going too far, going into city limits here. Dude, but it's folks in yellow shirts walking up and down the downtown mall. The only thing that this is impacting is potentially perception. And if you had seen the yellow-shirted ambassadors that I saw walking the downtown mall this morning as I was checking the P.O. box, 
potentially for some receivable checks from clients, those yellow-shirted ambassadors couldn't catch uh, anyone, couldn't catch a cold, could catch a, a purse thief, could catch someone skateboarding down the downtown mall. I'm talking, they, they, they were more resemblant of offensive linemen in the National Football League than anyone that's going to do any kind of foot patrol chase on the downtown mall. So they could tackle someone, but only, tackle. If, they, but only if they could catch up to them. They ain't going to catch anybody. You can't catch a cold. I'm serious, dude. Wait till you see them. And I'm not trying to throw shade here. But let me ask you this. The perception, this is clearly UVA trying to do perception, right? Perception management? Possibly. They could be, I mean, this could be a concerted effort to, to help, the, uh, help the police department. Hear me out, UVA. UVA, please make sure someone at UVA who's the decision maker hears what I'm about to say. Let's say, I think this is UVA's strategy of perception management, where, where parents of UVA students, when they contact the university outraged or angry that their kid is not safe on and around grounds, Right? Parents are contacting UVA saying, what the hell is going on? There's too much gun violence on and around grounds. Someone got murdered on Ellywood Avenue. What the hell is going on? Now they have a talking point, UVA, to handle with those parents. Well, we've expanded the ambassador program. They're now going down Main Street onto the downtown mall because we've seen that's where students go. They're trying to manage perception. They're now having a leverage and talking point with parents saying, this is what we've done to combat the gun violence. If the whole concept is perception management, which I think the concept of the ambassador program with UVA is perception management, why, dear God, are you choosing ambassadors that look like they have never, ever, 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 ever seen exercise or a gymnasium or any kind of fitness endeavor? That Help might, me understand that, that might actually be a good thing. How uh, is that a good thing? Okay, so if you Explain. had, well, let's say you let's say you had people that were trained uh, trained uh, football players, somebody that could run someone down and tackle them, that would get the university into a lot of trouble if they had yellow-shirted ambassadors tackling people, possibly making mistakes. So you don't want the yellow-shirted ambassadors to look like John Cena. You want the yellow-shirted ambassadors to set to instead look like I want a big what's a John guy John I, Belushi. I want a big. You mouth. want John Belushi, not John Cena. I think the best thing is you get a big mountain of a guy who it's it's all about perception. You've got these giant guys in yellow shirts walking around neighborhoods and the downtown mall, and some you know some young uh, you know. Some young guy with a who's strapping is going to look at one of these guys and be like, <laughs> "No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not messing around with that guy around." Yeah, Judah knows the lingo. Some young guy that's strapping, man, Judah. You put him in any town in America, and he's going to fit right in with some young guy that's strapping. Judah doesn't want the yellow-shirted ambassadors to look like John Cena. No, no, no. He doesn't want John Belushi. No, no, no. He wants John Candy. Want Think Uncle Buck. Think John Candy. That's what he wants the yellow-shirted ambassadors to be. John Candy. I want John Cena. Okay. You want John Candy? I want John Cena. I mean, I haven't seen them yet, so I'm going based on your Dude, you should go look. I mean, are, are you honestly saying these people are, like, overweight and uh, yes. puffing when they move a little too fast? 100%. That's exactly what I'm saying. 
Okay. Exactly what I'm saying. I mean... <laughs> Uncle Buck was a great movie. I mean, if a... What? Uncle Buck was a great movie. Macaulay Culkin was in Uncle Buck. Interestingly, Macaulay Culkin did two fantastic movies with John Candy. Macaulay Culkin was in Uncle Buck with John Candy, where John Candy was the lead, and Macaulay Culkin was a supporting actor. Macaulay Culkin was the lead of Home Alone, and John Candy was a supporting actor. He was the, in the band, remember? That drove uh, Kevin's mom home in the back of the U-Haul as they were playing polka music. John Candy was the head of the polka band. They met at the airport. It's been so long since I've seen that One of my favorite movie. movies of all time. Love Home Alone. Top five favorite movie of all time, Home Alone. Top ten. Really? I'll say top ten. Top ten. Home Alone. Anyway, you guys make a, make a decision for yourself. The news on today's show is City Council approved the yellow shirted ambassadors. So City Hall okayed this. UVA did not just do this on their own. UVA asked City Hall's approval, and City Council approved it. That's the news. When you're downtown, I want you to look at the yellow-shirted ambassadors. Judy Wickhauer wants them to look like John Candy from Uncle Buck. I want them to look like John Cena from whatever the wrestling federation is called now. Is it WWE? WWE is about to get purchased by UFC. I think, yeah, I think they're, I think it is I WWE. Think they're merging. Uh, UFC is buying WWE. Okay. I don't see how that's not a monopoly and how that kind of purchase is allowed. But still, that's happening. But it's a monopoly on what? What? It's a monopoly on what? Fighting. It's a monopoly on fighting. They've cornered the market. Dana White and his parent company are trying to corner the market on combat sports. They own UFC. Dana White owns the Slapping League. Have you seen the Face Slapping League that's coming? The UFC is launching a face-slapping league where two idiots look at each other, they sit across from a table, and allow the other person to slap them as hard as they humanly can on the face. How? Explain this to me. Help me understand this. Viewers and listeners, please help me understand. The National Football League currently is under tremendous scrutiny because of head injuries and concussion protocols and, and the lack thereof in the NFL. Hold my beer. Okay. NFL's under scrutiny, but somehow the UFC is allowed to launch a face-slapping league where someone can stand across from you and hit you as hard as they can without gloves on across the face? That's not going to have long-term damage to someone's body? Is it not? Who wants to make some money? Go and let uh, Mr. T club you in the face. <laughs> Repeatedly. Repeatedly, over and over again, without a glove on. Without a glove on. With a bunch of other folks cheering him on. Different strokes for different folks. Amen, brother. Say it again. Say it loud and say it proud. Different strokes for different folks. That's my boy. And I didn't say baby boy. You told me last time not to do that. It's a little odd. It's a little odd. Turn into a... Turn into a get into the meme page again. The meme page? The meme Become a meme. I like them. Um, all right. Also, yesterday, from yesterday's show, we asked you a trivia question. Who could name four eateries or restaurants in the city of Charlottesville that were named after their founders? Four. One, two, three, four. I thought there were only four, and then I came up with five during the show. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you guys contributed a number of suggestions. Ginny Who on Twitter, you offered some suggestions here. 
Curtis offered some suggestions. Kevin Yancey, Carol Thorpe all answered and offered suggestions. Olivia Branch offered suggestions. There's 10 Charlottesville City restaurants that are named after their founders, Judah. That's crazy. 10 restaurants in Charlottesville City named after their founders. And I'm going to rattle those 10 off for you. Christian's Pizza, one. Dino's Pizza, two. Mel's Cafe, three. Hamilton's at First and Main, four. Voo Noodles, five. Benny Del Luca's, six. Ralph Sampson's, seven. Tubby's, eight. Peter Chang's, nine. Tubby's and Timberlake's Peter- Drugstore, ten. Remember, we found out last week, Timberlake's is technically the oldest restaurant in the city of Charlottesville. 1917 Timberlakes. The Virginians, 1923. But we weren't sure exactly when they started. No, 1917. They have photos in Timberlakes that show the restaurant at the the, photo, the soda fountain at the front of the store. We were not sure if, if the they soda fountain food had fountain. food. Yeah. We could confirm the soda fountain served yeah. milkshakes and flavored sodas. Right. We assumed, because who would not have a soda fountain without food... That there was food some kind, but we could not confirm it with photographic evidence. What piques my curiosity is, was Tubby a first or a last name? I don't know. And can someone verify, any viewer and listener of this Fine and Fair talk show, can we get 100% verification that Tubby's is named after the founder? There's a little bit of assumption in that list of 10. Timberlakes, Peter Chang's, Tubby's, Ralph Sampson's, Benny Del Luca, Voo Noodles, Hamilton's, Mel's Cafe, Dino's, and Christian's Pizza. And are you rotating the lower thirds? Mm. Oh, you are rotating the lower thirds. Nicely done, Judah. You're doing a great job today. I like when you rotate the lower thirds. Can anyone confirm that Tubby's was named after a man named Tubby? Anyone? Oh, Carol Thorpe suggested Chaps. That's Damn. after someone as well? Is that one? Are there 11? Carol Thorpe, I'm giving you props right now. Is Chaps one? I guess it may We be need 100% confirmation a, on Chaps and Tubbies. Maybe a nickname? Tony, interestingly, Tony, who owns the building where Chaps is located on the downtown mall, recently sold chaps to a family who's trying to take it far and wide in a franchising or licensing deal. Tony still owns the real estate, the building, but he sold the business. He is no longer the owner of chaps. Do we know if chaps is named after the founder? I would say Tubby's more than chaps, but Tubby's is not going to be his birth name. It's going to be his nickname. I was thinking the same thing about chaps. I don't know. Maybe they were friends. Tubby and Chappie. Tubby and Chappie? Yeah. What were Tubby and Chappie doing back in the day when they were opening eateries in Charlottesville City? Mm, that's a good question. It's a hypothetical. You can go in any direction you want, literally. I know. I was uh, thinking up all the crazy stuff they were getting into. Uh, they were probably discussing how they, how they were going to take over the, uh, the Charlottesville restaurant market with their... Uh, with their dual, uh, dual ideas of uh, ice cream and, uh, and... The Chaps concept, I think, is burgers. more dynamic than the Tubby's concept. The yeah. Chaps concept has the ice cream piece, 
the chaps concept has the breakfast, lunch, and dinner piece, and the chaps concept has the branding Americana, you know, like diner. The, yeah, the the sweet diner setup. The diner piece. I'm not throwing shade on Tubby's, but for the most part, Tubby's. How would you characterize a deli? I've never even been inside. Tubby's legit. Oh wait, Tubby's. I have been. T- I'm thinking. Tubby's Jack legit. And yeah, it's okay. So but what's, go, what do you mean it's you okay? Go, now open for breakfast. Why? Well, you don't like tubs? Tubby's legit. I mean, I've been in there to order stuff to go, but it's just not the kind of place that I would. It doesn't have that charm of the uh, of the diner that, that it's a deli. Chaps does. It's a lunch counter. You get good, affordable food. Greasy, it's a greasy spoon. Got parking. Yeah. Got parking right there. Chaps or tubbies? Anyone? Um, Neil Williamson says, where would Almoro zoning allow such a sports pub in the Keswick area? I always thought a sports pub would work extremely well in the Coors Brothers, Greg Bartleski State Farm uh, storefront. You have Coors Brothers, Greg Bartleski State Farm, and then you have a uh, climate-controlled storage business all in that shopping strip on Pantops in the Keswick area. That would make a great sports bar location. You also have a couple of buildings for sale in in the Keswick area um, right off of... uh, uh, before you get to Black Hat Road, before you get to Glenmore, they're for sale. That could easily be converted into some uh, sports bar concepts. The question Neil is asking is, would the zoning allow it? That's a very good question, Neil. Uh, Scott Worth says, oh, Scott, you changed your uh, Facebook name to Scott Worth. Why'd you change it, Scott? Um, He says, where is Tubby's? I've never been there. Uh, Tubby's is located on High Street. And Katie, Katie Pearl, no, uh, no connection to Sean Tubbs. No, no connection to Sean Tubbs. Good question, though. Um, oh, I want to spotlight Sal's Cafe Italia. And, and then we'll get to the answer to the trivia question. Will you put the trivia question back on screen? And then we'll go to the uh, Sal's Cafe Italia. Um, give them some love. Here's the trivia question. Where's the tallest climbing wall in the city of Charlottesville? Where is the tallest climbing wall in the city of Charlottesville? Put your comments in the feed, and whoever wins this gets a uh, prize mailed directly to you from us, specifically Judah B. Wickhauer. It will be an I Love Seville sticker. Um, and Judah, see if you, for the, you're going to give the answer to this tallest climbing wall, so you may want to find that post where it mentions it. I've got the post plus uh, several photos. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. That's excellent. Curtis Shaver provided this question. Um, all right, let's go to the Sal's lower third. Um, someone asked me, is Sal's Cafe Italia on the list of restaurants named after their founders? And I said, no. In fact, Sal's Cafe Italia, the founder, uh, the two founders, a husband and wife, neither is named Sal. And that got me thinking about Sal's Cafe Italia, which is a, a restaurant and a business and a family that we have tremendous respect for. Um, we most know Jen Finazzo of Sal's Cafe um, Italia. She's fantastic. But the entire family in totality is just kind and, and outgoing and generous, smart business people, great restaurateurs, and they just have the gift of hospitality and knowing how to make great Italian food. Okay? So here's a little history of Sal's Cafe Italia on the downtown mall. The husband and wife behind Sal's um, are Joe 
and Nina. Joe Finazzo grew up in Sicily, Nina in Brooklyn, New York. Mm -hmm. In 1972, the two of them came to Charlottesville and opened up a pizzeria in the Shoppers World Shopping Center. The pizzeria was called Sal's Pizza. I'm reading from their website. One of the first pizza places in Charlottesville, Sal's Pizza gained a very quick following. The family decided to move from the Shoppers World Shopping Center to the downtown mall where they owned the location. They owned the real estate on the downtown mall. One of the few restaurant owners that actually owned their real estate. This family owns this location. In 1985, Sal's Cafe Italia opened on the downtown mall. 1985. It was one of the first restaurants downtown. One of the few restaurants that beat Sal's Cafe Italia downtown from a longevity standpoint, CNO restaurant. CNO has been around downtown longer than Sal's. Timberland. Uh, 1985 opened downtown. Full service Italian restaurant. You got. Not a day goes by where you probably don't see a family member in the restaurant working, supervising, or smiling. I love seeing Joe enjoying Italian food outside the restaurant. I love the renovation Sal's Cafe Italia did when they added the bar outside for additional seating during COVID. The food is excellent. Served with love. Mm -hmm. And it's a family that's local that is committed to making this community better. I wanted to highlight a business that I got some respect for. All right. You are um, going to answer this trivia question, and then we'll also, get to some comments here. What's that? Can I toot our own horn? Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't going to do it, but you can do it, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. We, we designed their logo. Yeah. <laughs> we did design their logo. Um, and it's a great logo. I do say so myself. Yeah. Uh, Maria Marshall Barnes says the Finazzo family is amazing. They are absolutely amazing. They're mm-hmm. awesome. Rocky Top Climbing Wall is not the answer, Chad Wood. That's a very good guess. That's the one that I guessed as well. Rocky Top Climbing Wall is the tallest climbing wall in the city of Charlottesville. That is not the correct answer. If you want to put the trivia question on screen with the lower third, and Judah Wickhauer, mm-hmm. the answer to this trivia question, do I have a drum roll? Should I put the uh, picture up with the... Oh, first give the answer, then give the uh, then show the picture. No. Okay. Where's the tallest climbing wall in the city of Charlottesville, Judah Wickell? Uh, let's see. I actually don't know the address. Oh. <laughs> let's see. The anticipation. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I do. You, you're, you're, I got your it. sense I got of it. timing I got is it. second to none, my friend. Second to none, your sense of time. You ready? Yes. 817 King Street. 817 King Street. Give us more. This is in a private residence. And this was recently on Nest Realty Charlottesville's Instagram and Facebook pages. Judah, the show is yours. The tallest climbing wall in the city of Charlottesville is in a private residence. Go, Judah, go. This is a nice place. Here's the, uh, here's the view with uh, the statement that the three-story passive solar solarium that doubles as the city's tallest climbing wall it's a pretty cool view that's so dope dude but a three-story climbing wall inside the home what's the address again 
817 King Street. 817 King Street. This is so dope. Keep talking to us, Judah. Here is the view. Here's the opposite view looking down the wall, down into the solarium. Okay. So this is when you're at the top of the climbing wall. Yeah. Dude, some kids are going to spend so many hours climbing this climbing wall on King Street. Keep talking to us. This is an amazing place. Here's a view from the side. And finally, that uh, same, the same view from the first picture, but without the, uh, without the writing getting in the way. That's so dope. No one got it. Not a single person got it right. I'm not sure how they would unless they... Unless they follow Ness. Unless they knew that, that property. Yeah. What's the address one more time? 817 King Street. Not a single person got that trivia question right. This is the first time in the history of us rolling out trivia that no one's got it right. I, I honestly don't know how they would have. Yeah, it would have been hard. I, there's no way in hell. I, everyone's thinking Rocky Top. There's also a yeah. climbing wall at Boar's Head. Hmm. The Boar's Head has a climbing wall, uh, but it's, not, it's definitely not three stories. Um, uh, it's not a chain. Tubby's is not a chain. They're deep throat. The Tubby's here is a, is a local Tubby's, not a chain, not tied to the one in Michigan. What did you learn today or anything you want to close with there, J-Dubs? Uh, let's see. Thank you, John Blair, for the idea on the apartments. I mean, I learned that uh, apparently somebody was named Tubby. We don't know who, though. <laughs> we Johnny Ornalis, what's up? <laughs> I'd like to know who. I'd like to know if Chaps or Tubby's is named after their founder. Janice yeah. Boyce Trevelyan, hello. Um, all right, that's the show. I thought it was good. I like how we're. I like the mix of what we're doing with the shows. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, Ilovesevil.com is where we archive the audio and visual version of the show. Of course, anywhere you find your podcast, you will find the I Love Seville show. We live stream to 15 Facebook pages, 15 Twitter accounts, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're just on all over social media. I can't rattle them off anymore. They're all over social media. Um, we're back tomorrow at 10.15 a.m. with Real Talk and the I Love Seville show at 12.30. Two other items out of the notebook that I wanted to highlight to you. Chief Michael Kotchis says the gun buyback program is materializing and the Charlottesville City Attorney's Office has already begun the process to institute a buy gun buyback program. The gun buyback program will be done in partnership with the nonprofit. The nonprofit will be uh, front center for the gun buyback program. And lastly, Floyd Fest for 2023 has been canceled. The popular music festival canceled in 2023. They say back next year. For Judah Wickhauer... Do we have, do we have a reason? Uh, a lot of issues with the site uh, tied yeah. to uh, environmental issues and a protected species that was found on the site and the concern of having a mu- music festival uh, negatively impacting the protective species on the site. I could see that being a case. 2023, ladies and gentlemen. For Judah Wickhauer, my name is Jerry Miller, and it's the I Love Seville Show, presented by Scott Wagner, Integrated Medicine.